this episode of 9-2-I Talks, Wanda Sykes sits down with The Washington Post's Jonathan Capehart to discuss her new Netflix special, Not Normal. She tackles everything that shouldn't be funny right now, our current political and cultural climate with gut-busting wit and intelligence. The conversation was recorded on June 4th, 2019, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Walk. Wow. Ooh, what a comfy You get this everywhere you go. Not at home. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in the house, I have to like look for people. Like, Hello, I'm home. <laughs> Anybody? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, welcome to New York. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the 92nd Street Y. Even thank you more. So, so before we get into your truly incredible special for Netflix, Not Normal, I want to go back. Thank you. And seriously, if you have not seen it, you've got to see it. Um, And you will see it. Okay, good, good, all right, all right. I've seen it twice. All right, but before we talk about Not Normal, I want to go back. Okay. to January 11th, 2017. That was when the episode of Blackish entitled Lemons. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> oh, ooh, this is a serious audience, uh-huh. Wanda. Um, that's when the Blackish episode uh, Lemons um, aired. Uh-huh. Um, you were nominated for an Emmy right. for, for that. Your first nomination for acting. For acting, for yes. Acting. yes. Um, and that episode was all about how the cast was trying to come to grips with this upset, and that was the election of Donald Trump as president. Mm-hmm. Um, just for those who haven't seen it, still trying to get over it. <laughs> still trying to process this. Okay. Without giving away too much about not normal, talk about what it was like taping that and the emotions in that. Uh, that you had, that the cast had at that time? Um, When we read the script, uh, I don't know, it it was hard. It really was, it was hard, but it was also um, very, like, therapeutic because it was, because we were all going through this thing of, I mean, not not, not the cast as far as individually, but I'm just saying it just felt like, just in, in, in just around your neighbors and everything. Like when you would talk to someone, you would look at me and, and it was like, I bet this motherfucker voted for Trump. <laughs> we, we were all looking at each other with the side eye like, was it you? <laughs> it was you, right? You know. And the people who voted for Trump but weren't like really like, you know, vocal Trump supporters they were kind of like, yeah, I kind of did it, but I really don't want to explain myself right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So that episode, it, it was, I, I, I welcomed it because I was like, finally, let, let's break the ice. Let's, let's start talking about it. And, um, and to be able to talk, talk about it in that, in that setting at an office, you know, um, it, it, Kenya designed it where we could actually have a real dialogue instead of this, you're an asshole, you voted for Trump, you're a racist, you know, and, and uh, well, you, you just voted for, for the other guy back then because he was black and, you know, mm-hmm. it was able to, able to actually talk about it. Yeah. Right, I mean, you, in that episode, y'all did do all of that right. stuff, but it was done in a, in a very, in, but we had it be funny. No, it was oh, yeah. funny. You did it in, in a nuanced way. Right, very um, nuanced, yes. And, and you were sitting across the table from the white woman who voted for Trump, and you're like, you're real silent here. The only white, white woman here, and you're not saying anything. And then she admits she voted for Donald right, Trump. Right, And the episode comes to an end where um, folks are like, well, let's give him a chance. And some are saying, well, I'm scared, and I don't know what's going to happen. Fast forward to now and not normal. And before you say anything, okay. for those of you, I guess the few of you, who have not seen um, the special, I want to play this clip that sort of answers lemons in a way. I swear it's coming. You know how they say some women have rest and bitch face? <laughs> Well, Trump has given me resting what the fuck face. <laughs> Every morning, I'm looking in the mirror like, what the fuck? Is he? What? 
crow's feet. I had a fucking divot in my forehead. Like, he has cracked black. <laughs> I... I think I said, I howled. I howled at that because, you know, we've got that saying, black don't crack. Right. But Trump has cracked black. He has cracked black. He has cracked black. I mean, literally, he has cracked black. <laughs> I mean, every morning, I, I, when I, if I, I wake up and I, I look on my phone, and I'm like, okay, what, what is it now? Let's see. And you look and there's always something. There's mm. always something. And you just wrinkle your face like, I don't understand. I don't understand how this is happening. And, and I still don't. I mean, I, I do, but, but I, I'm, I'm just, it, I'm saying, it makes you speechless, right? Like we all get to that point where you just get tongue-tied. I'm like, like what, the, what the fuck? What, what is going on? See, like I, this, it's just not normal. Like our reaction to, um, you know, the president lying every day and several times a day. <laughs> and our reaction to it, it's like we've, we've become complacent. Like, well, you know, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> you, it's, so, it's so bad as part of the clip, what comes after that joke is another hilarious one. It's like how presidents, usually in office, they age. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> President Obama aged, President Bush aged. But with Trump, he's looking the, the same. same. <laughs> but he's aging we, us. We're aging. And we're aging, yeah. And t tell that. Well, I was saying, like, yeah, if, if, he, if he gets another, you know, term, I'm going to look like Cicely, Ty Cicely Tyson. <laughs> I know that. I'm going to... Like, is that Cicely Tyson? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's me. It's me. I mean. <laughs> So, well, look, you start out the, the, the show by saying to people, look, if you voted for Trump, you made a mistake again. Yeah, you're here now, to you're, see me, you're, yeah. Right. So let's talk, let's talk about President Trump some more. <laughs> I would love to get your thoughts, if you've been paying attention at all, okay. to um, his overseas trip <laughs> to London. Anytime he goes anywhere, and, and like, especially outside of the country, it's so embarrassing. It's just, it's just, you're, you're embarrassed. And, and, and you're on edge, you're on edge, right? Because like when, when he was talking to the, to, the, to the guards, to the British guards, mm -hmm. and he was talking to, talking to them, I was just going, oh, Lord Jesus, what is he saying? <laughs> uh, I hope he's not asking them, can he try on the hat? What is he doing? <laughs> Get him out of there, come on. I mean, it, it really is like taking, it's like taking your, you know, like your, 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 drunk, your drunk college friend to your boss's party. <laughs> right? Oh, oh yeah. No, that's and you're sitting there trying to have a cocktail, talking to you, you say, yes, what, a, yeah. Oh, is Steve talking to my boss? Oh, hold on, man. <laughs> Steve! Get over here! <laughs> you know, it literally is, you feel like that. That's mm -hmm. how I feel when Trump leaves the country. Mm -hmm. and, and you can see the other world leaders are just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Um, we're, so you were that way with him and with the guards and the tall hats. What about with the queen? <laughs> she, she, you, you, you can just see she's just utterly disgusted that she has to be there with him. And he's like, she's a great, great, great woman. And whenever he goes off book, it's always great, great, really great. <laughs> so just stay on the page, just stay on the, you know. I'm surprised he didn't like give her a bear hug or something, you know. Um, he attacked Meg, uh, Meghan Markle. And, and then lied. And say he didn't say it. We hear, we're listening to the audio right next to you saying you didn't say it. What the? I mean, I know he makes you tongue-tied, but are you 
And he makes me tongue-tied, too, to the point where I'm like you on air, where I'm like... Right. But I can't say, what the fuck, right. on know. air. I know. I'm sorry, Mom. But you Mom. do a great job, though. But you do a great well, job. Well, thank you. But, yeah. but did, <laughs> did you think, even though you're like, I don't want this man to be president, oh, my God, he's president, did you even think that he would be this bad, this embarrassing? Yes. <laughs> I had no doubt. I, I mean, absolutely. You had no, no, he held out no hope whatsoever that he would rise to the occasion. Look, he, 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 it's not in him. It is just not in him to do that. You know, I mean, from, from, from attacking, you know, uh, 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 gold star families to, you know, mocking a disabled person, you know, grabbing by the pussy. I mean, you, I, I'm a Howard Stern fan, so I, I knew who this guy was, you know, back then. I heard all the garbage and stuff. And, you know, and, and just the racist shit and all that, you know, attacks on, attack on women. Uh, I mean, if, if he weren't president right now, he would be in court on so many different, you know, uh, uh, sexual mm -hmm. harassment and, and uh, uh, assault charges right now. You know, mm. being, in, being in office is basically saving him from prison right now. He needs to be, he was like, shit, how can I get out of this? Uh, <laughs> I, I better become president. That's the only thing I can get out, I can get, out, get away with this stuff, you know. So you you have a um, you were just talking about world leaders sort of looking at at President Trump sort of like <laughs> and there's a sense there that they don't really respect him and in in your special not normal you have a a, a bit in there about how we know that the people around him don't respect him right how how does that manifest itself how did it manifest itself the moment that I saw him aboard Air Force One with toilet paper on the back of his shoe. I said, they don't like him. Everyone around him who works for they cannot stand him. They have no respect for this man. I mean, you would stop a stranger. <laughs> I mean, to it's get toilet paper off their shoe. I've almost like missed the flight because I'm at my gate and I see someone walking by with toilet paper. I was like, I can't let that happen. You know, I run, I run down, get the toilet paper off. But no, they just let him go. And he's walking past Marine guards. <laughs> they, you know, they see everything. Mm -hmm. But they're like, you see that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Think it's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Now, now compare... <laughs> this is such, uh, compare him to President Obama. And the... And I know it's a total softball question, but... Yeah, it's polar opposites. I mean, what, yeah. I mean... It, it, where do you begin? Yeah, I can't even think of, okay, let's start with what they have in common. Let's see. They're both men. <laughs> we think, you know. <laughs> but that's, that's about it. There's no comparison. I mean, he, uh, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. It, I, I, it, it amazes me how all the stuff that Trump has done, right, Lied every day. Remember, remember President Obama's first State of the Union address, and and one of the congressmen oh, yelled right. out, "You lie!" During during his State of the Union, yep, Union, congressman Union address, Wilson. yeah, Congressman Wilson, right, South Carolina, yeah, and the Republicans kind of rallied behind him. He raised money I don't think off. He, that. I don't think he was censured. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Raised yeah, raised money off of that. that. That's during. That's how disrespectful was that. But yet, we have a president who lies several times a day, every day, and the Democrats just sit around and like, well, that, that, that wasn't true. He, he didn't tell the truth. Being a Democrat is like getting a, a, an atomic wedgie every day right now. <laughs> I feel See, like that. Wait, so you don't, you don't think the Democrats, are doing, the Democrats aren't doing enough? Are you, you, are you the, in the, like, impeach him? 
Impeach him not, right, right now. Not, yes, I am. Absolutely. And, and not just, absolutely. And, and, it's not, and it's not just, a, and it should be every member of, 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 of Congress. I mean, do your damn job. Protect, protect our democracy. Mm. Protect our democracy. But now it's come down to, you know, Democrats, Republicans, and I mean, the Republicans, they're just going all party and they don't give a shit about the country. You know, and the Democrats now, they're, they're, they're just as guilty because now they're worried about the next election instead of worried about us turning into a dictatorship. I mean, you just let this thing go bigger and bigger and the more powerful he becomes. Now, I mean, look what's going on with women. Look at what's going on rolling back, you know, uh, they're attacking our rights as far as what we can do with our bodies. You know, look, look transgenders out of the military. I mean, come on. Do your damn job. So um, you got a candidate for 2020? Uh, I there want- There are 24 of them. I think 24. Right, of right. Them right. I want a, a complete, like, I want a 180. We, you know, a 180. I don't want an old white man. I don't want an old white man. What's wrong with, so what, what's wrong with Joe Biden? Or Bernie Sanders? If Joe Biden gets a boyfriend, he has my vote. <laughs> Right okay, now, you, right I, now, I want, it's going to be, for me, I, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, or Pete Buttigieg. That's, what I, that's my three. So, Harris, Warren, Buttigieg. Yep. And, and unless Biden gets a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, so, <laughs> just to keep going down this little rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So, why Kamala Harris? Why is she one of your... Th- Three. She's super smart, right? Um, I, I like what the things that she wants to do as far as with, with health care, gun control, um, and with uh, uh, education, right? And uh, reform, criminal justice reform. And why Elizabeth Warren? Super smart. I think she will be great with all those things too, healthcare, uh, you know, college. Um, and what she did with, with protecting, consum- protecting consumers with the, yeah, with the credit cards and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I, I, think she, I think she'd be amazing. She's, I mean, she would do the most for the majority of, of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, she's not mm-hmm. about super rich. I mm-hmm. think she will help especially bring back the middle class. I think she will uh, enact a lot of policies that will, um, that will help that. And she will also make corporations pay their fair, fair share. Okay. And Mayor Pete, who I sat down with here a, a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, who, very impressive. Why him, to your Again, mind? Again, I'm going with super smart, right? He speaks, I don't know how many different languages. He'd be, he'll, Eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think socially, um, he just hits all the right spots for me, mm-hmm. all, all the right issues. Um, and, and I think, yeah, just like super progressive. And also I think he has, he, he has the, the um, I don't want to say charisma because we don't need anybody with more charisma. But but but, <laughs> but, but I hear you. He's, he's that, able. That, that, yeah, he's, yeah, he some, has something where thing. he could cross over to to Middle America, and I think could could win a lot of them over too. Is is America ready for a gay married well, president? I I wasn't ready for a dictator. And, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. So with those three, um, if either one of them becomes the nominee, they're going to have to go on the debate stage with President Trump. If they came to you and said, Wanda, I need some one-liners. I need something that'll break through. What would you, what would you tell them? Do you have some already lined up? Zingers, something? How would, you, how would you advise them to go to battle with Donald Trump? Um, I, okay, it, here's the thing. If, if you try to, you, you, you got to go, you got to go 
back at him. You know, and if and, and don't let him lie. If he lies, just call it out and, and just call his lies out. And then also tell him he's an idiot. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense what you just said. That, you know, you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. And also, I would, I would, yeah, and I would say, you know, you know about, I would hit him with the tax returns. I don't, here's the thing, okay. I don't understand our system that we allow people to become president, right? And they get their hands on top secret material, right? Information. You should have to pass a security clearance before you can even run to be president. That's, how, that's what I think we need to do. Oh. So then. Donald Trump would never have passed a security clearance. Right, he, he, he would he's, he's compromised. Or as we say, he would He has too much, he owes too much money. He was in too, too much debt to too many different, you know, uh, countries, the Russians, Chinese. He never would have passed a security clearance. Mm -hmm. Easily compromised, his whole family. Never would have passed a security clearance. I used to work for NSA. I had a security clearance. They never would have passed one. Well, see, this is this guy. You like revealed one of the things I wanted to bring up oh. is that before you got into comedy, mm -hmm. you worked for the NSA. Yes. For five years. Uh, it was just ninety-two. Yeah. Yes. For five years. Why? <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, when you live in, in the Washington, D.C. area, you, either you end up working for the government or you are, are a, uh, work for a contractor mm -hmm. who deals with government contracts. My dad was uh, in the Army, retired colonel. Uh, you know, my mom worked at the credit union there at, at NSA. Uh, you know, I got out of college and it was like, okay, you know, what's the move? And it was, oh, okay, I'm at NSA. Can you talk about what your job was at the NSA? <laughs> I just bought things. I, I was a contracting specialist. So I, I bought oh, things. for the NSA? Yeah, I bought things. things. Yeah. Like what? I bought things. Any, anything from like furniture to a, like a piece of equipment or something. <laughs> a piece so, of equipment? Yeah, yeah. Trust me, that everything that, takes I, that magazines, I did back then. satellites? Oh, probably. Probably a lot of that stuff. Sometimes it was just blueprints. I was like, what the hell is this? But okay, I'll order it, you know. And why, and so when did... <laughs> I would just send the blueprints out to someone. Can you build this? And <laughs> so when you were at the NSA buying things... Right. Is that when, when the comedy bug hit, or was the comedy bug always there? And you took the NSA job because you. I, well, the, the, a job. The, the comedy the comedy bug was always there, mm -hmm. but I think it hit while I was at NSA because I got to a point where I was like, oh my god, I can't, I, I will not do this for the next 20, 30 years of my life. This can't be it. I, I, I will die sitting here. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, the people there, wonderful people, they do a great job. Um, but I, it was just something in me saying, I, I don't belong here. You know, you know, when you work for the government, like every, um, I forgot how many, well, 40 hours you work, you get eight hours of, I think it's eight hours, or four, four, no, four hours. You have four hours of sick leave and four hours of annual leave um, every, every pay, mm -hmm. right? And, but the, see, the thing was, everyone was just trying to save up like 240 hours. They call it, you know, put, get it in the hole. So that way you have, you know, all this time saved up for, you know, vacations or whatever, your paid leave. I would look at my paycheck and I was like, oh shit, I got four hours. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Woo! Is it hot in here? It's hot in here, right? Okay, I'm going to. Ooh, I think I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go home. I'm a little sick. I'm a little sick. I, yeah, I would just leave. I would leave. If I had eight hours, I was like, oh shit, I ain't going to work today. I, I eight hours. And, and it got to the place where, uh, then when I started doing stand up, I would, I was like, wow, God, I need to take Friday off because I gotta, I gotta, okay, no, I'm gonna need Thursday and Friday because I got a gig. And I would just, you know, build it up. And I was like, now I can take that gig. And then it got to a point where I was like, this job is way too important, the, the work that we do, for me to, you know, uh, treat it the way that I am I'm behaving, you know? So that's when I was like, you know, for the love of my country, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I should get out of here, you know? I just pictured some poor guy staying in the middle of, middle of the desert like, 
when is that package coming? What the <laughs> So, so, so then while you're at the NSA, you are But I kicked are ass doing Desert Storm, though. I did. I kicked ass doing Desert Storm. I got an award for that, doing that. Keep yeah. going. That's all I'm saying. What do you mean? That, you, know, you can't just we, say we that. We had to buy a lot of shit doing that. <laughs> and you got an award for, for buying stuff? You know what? I racked up a lot over time then. Yeah, I, I think I took off like the next two weeks after that. No, <laughs> Wait, seriously, did you get an award during Desert Storm for, no? It was, yeah, I did, but it was just for, just, it was just, you know, doing our department. We did a great job. Employee of the month. Logistics, logistics. At the NSA. No, 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 it was a bunch of us. You know, logistics, that's all. Let me shut up. <laughs> okay. I was a long time ago. I know nothing. <laughs> okay, so during that time, you're starting to do stand-ups. So when, take me to that very beginning, that first time you wrote, you wrote a joke. Um, the first time you went to someone and said, like, hey, I want to be a stand-up comedian. Like, where does that nerve come from? Um, well, you know what? I, I really was, I, I should say, uh, kind of pushed into it from... Not, not, not pushed into it. Okay, I, I remember, like, like, just sitting at my in my house going, what, what, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? You know, everything that I've... Up to that point it was just, seemed like it was just planned out. Like, my, I knew, you know, my parents were like, you're going to college, okay, so I did that. And then it was like, okay, now you go get a job, okay, I did that. So now it's like, well, what, what do you want to do? And I remember looking through my, um, my high school yearbook, and, and a, lot of, a lot of my friends and even teachers had, you know, autographed the book, and they would say, you, sh you should be on stage, or thanks for making class so much, you know, so, so much fun, you, you know, should be on stage. And, and then I looked through my college yearbook and people were saying the same thing. You're so funny, you should be on stage. I was like, maybe I, maybe I should try this out, you know? So I, I wrote some jokes. I remember watching um, Whoopi Goldberg's uh, HBO oh, uh, special. The long, yeah, luxurious yeah, blonde long hair. Luxurious hair. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and I remember, you know, as a kid, I loved Jackie Moms Mabley, you know? Yeah, I loved her. And uh, I said, I'm just gonna write some jokes. And I sat down, wrote jokes, and... Uh, Do you remember what your first joke was? Or one of them? Oh, man. I remember... I know it was something about... Um, oh, remember those, uh, those, uh, those auto shades? Uh, you, you, those big cardboard sunglasses? Oh, yeah, they used to put in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th those things had... They had um, instructions on the side of it. And I was like, if you don't know how to figure this out, you shouldn't even be driving. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, it was like, please remove the auto shade before starting your car. I'm like. <laughs> and I was like, can you imagine driving down 95 and you see this thick sunglasses coming towards you? Like, what the hell? <laughs> so. Yeah, so it was things like that. So how many, how many jokes did you compile before approaching someone to say, hey, let me do a set? Like, how does, it, how does that work? I had, like, I had about five minutes, and well, I think it was uh, KISS FM. One of, the, one of the radio stations was having a, uh, a, a talent show sponsored by... Chords Light. It was Chords Light Super Talent Search. And comedy was a category. And it said, if you want to, you know, try out, come down to the classics, uh, you know, the, the club in D.C., you'll come mm -hmm. down and try out. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go down there. And I walked in. The guy was like, what are you, what are you here for? I said, I'm, I'm auditioning for the show. He was like, what you doing? I said, I'm uh, some stand-up. Because I've never seen you before. I was like, my first time. So I, she said, okay, go ahead. It's just the two of us in this empty club. Yeah. Wait, so you, you had an audience of one? Yeah. Whoa. And I did the, the auto shade joke. I, I forgot the other joke I did. And he said, uh, be at the, at the venue at, you know, whatever, 7 o'clock on Sunday. You're in, the, you're in the contest. I'm like, all right, cool. And, uh, and then I, you know, show up that Sunday, go on to the, the contest, and... Uh, First time in front of a bunch of people, and I, I killed. I killed. Killed. 
And Were then, you nervous at all? No, because I didn't know any better. <laughs> I'd never been in a comedy club. You know, I didn't know you could bomb. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. A, I didn't know it could go horribly wrong. I didn't know that. So I just walked out, no fear, and just had a great time. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And so then, when did reality hit? When I went to the comedy clubs. No. <laughs> So, no, but what, so you said you walked in there naive. You didn't know. Right. You didn't know what it meant to to bomb. When did you see the what could, actual what what could go wrong? What, when yeah. did you see somebody bomb and realize, oh, in the comedy clubs? Oh, because the guy it, who was it, host, hosting the the uh, the contest, um, Andy Evans, he's a local comic, and he's and he was like, where, who are you, and where did you come from? I was like, well, this is my first time. And he's like, okay. He goes, well, I, I, I'm going to take you around to the clubs. You know, meet me here on Thursday at the comedy cafe. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm there and I'm sitting in the back of the room and he said, I'm emceeing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you up, do some time. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm sitting in the back of the room and actually Dave Chappelle was was mm. there also. We we were, came you know came up at, about the same time. Ah. And so I'm sitting there and I watch a comic go up and it was awful. I mean, just. <laughs> Crickets, <laughs> and I, I was like, "Well, that's not gonna happen to me. I'm funny." I'm <laughs> and then the next comment would go up, nothing, and I'm like, well, "What? Okay, something's wrong with these people. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's these people." And then I, I was the, eventually I went up, and by then I was so, uh, you know, just just intimidated by and, and just fear of. of of what could happen that, oh, horrible death, bombed. Bombed. Bomb. Did you get crickets or did you get booed, heckled, all um, of the above? There was, like, there was a drunk guy in the front row. He was like, oh my God, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to kick him in the teeth, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, don't do that. That's not cool. But uh, yeah, so I, yeah. But I left and, and and Andy asked me, he said, are you going to come back? I was like, yeah, I'm coming back. He was like, all right, cool. He goes, you, you're going to be a good comic. I'm like, okay. So, so where, what do you get from, okay, so you bombed that time. You got crickets. You got kind of heckled by, by, the, by the drunk guy. But what do you get from the audience that helps you with your comedy? Do you rely on the audience, or are they just there to be entertained? No, I'm here to entertain them. So I, I need them. You need the audience. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just doing jokes for me, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to make people laugh, trying to make, you know. So I, I need the audience. And if the audience is with me, and even if they're not laughing, if I just I feel their energy and they're just rooting for me and, and they just want to, you know, they, they, they want to laugh, then that, yeah, I feed off of that. Mm -hmm. what, hap well, what happens when you're, you're, you're doing a, a set and you're not feeling the energy. You just the, pl the plane's in a nosedive. Uh -huh. How do you how do you pull it out of a nosedive? Like you've got your you've got your jokes, you've got your right. routine. Do you improvise on the fly? Do you, you have like some sort of wild brain that helps you like come up with a joke on the fly? Um, sometimes you can start making jokes about how awful it's going. You know, does that re does that really work? Some, I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. it does, and sometimes you, you just got to take the L. You're just like, well, I <laughs> this is not how I planned it tonight. <laughs> you know, and, and I usually go, you know, I'm not gonna waste any more of your time. Yeah. Oh, so you've like left early? Oh you, yeah. You saw your four hours on your <laughs> on your yeah. your comp time, and you're like, uh, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Have you had a joke that worked um, in one show mm -hmm. and didn't work in another, maybe same night, yeah. uh, different venue? What, why does a joke work in one place and not another? Is it the crowd? Is it the way you're telling the joke? It could be timing. It mm. could be uh, maybe the you know, checks are being dropped while you're you know, while you're telling the joke, you know what I'm saying? The waiters are giving you your check, so they're like, <laughs> uh, 
what would she say? What was, <laughs> you know? And and they miss it, or um, sometimes I, I notice uh, just leaving out a word, just leaving out a word could change a joke. And, and there's sometimes like I'll write a joke and I'm like, this is funny. Why is this not working? And you have to really like just deconstruct the joke and go, okay. Okay, what are you trying to say? What makes this funny? And what piece of information am I not giving them where they can see what I'm seeing? Why, why this is funny? So sometimes it's, it's just a word. How long does it take you to write a joke? Um, it depends. Sometimes it just comes to me. Sometimes, uh, um, I, don't, I don't, yeah. Like if I, if I go, you know, I want to write a joke about this thing. It, it takes me a while, but usually the funniest ones are, are the ones that just, boom. They just, they just, uh, just through life, observation, that's it. Like, the other, <laughs> uh, like, I'm always like on my kids about washing their hands, right? So the other day, <laughs> the other, I shouldn't, Zach, this probably would my next special. Is this anyway, involving no, Olivia or Lucas? Lucas, about Lucas. And, uh, and I was about to say, I was like saying something, um, like how I was proud of him. I was like, this is my son, I'm so proud of him, right? And he like, he gets embarrassed, so he, he put his hands over my mouth. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you been playing with feet? What the hell? <laughs> Making cheese balls, what the hell? Have you been doing, go wash your hands, you know? So yeah. And that's not even a joke you that's have to not, sit down and think about. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have to think about it. Well, but I, li I literally was like, <laughs> <laughs> scrub my face and everything. It was just. So that's an easy joke. Did the, um, you know, Donald Trump has cracked black. Was, right. Did that joke come as easily? Did the punchline come and then you tried to figure out how to, how to get there? I, I just stumbled onto that, I think, on stage one night because I, I just noticed that this, like, I'm always like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, look at this. He's, he's cracked black, yeah. Gen I mean, it's a genius line. Thank you. Did I already mention I watched it twice? Yes. Um, let's talk about another terrific thing you did um, recently, at least it aired relatively recently, and that was the live remake of the Jeffersons, where you played Louise Jefferson. Yes, Wheezy. And I didn't realize Norman Lear is 96 years old. Yes. So what was that like when you got the call? Hey, would you be interested in playing Louise Jefferson? I got an email from Jimmy Kimmel, and I, I didn't believe it. You know, it's like I, I looked on my phone, I read the email, and I was like, hmm, okay. And I just set my phone down for a little bit, and I was like, you made that up, didn't you? you, <laughs> you I just, you're, that's, this is a fantasy you're doing. And I just waited for a little bit, and then I, I went and got my laptop, and I opened my laptop, and I, and I was like, oh, it's still there. <laughs> this is happening, you know? And uh, I, yeah, just, just overwhelmed. I mean, you know, teary-eyed, everything. And the thing is, it, you know, it was, the 22nd, and I knew my Netflix special was coming out the 21st, so I had all this publicity lined up to go out and promote my special. So I, so I emailed Jimmy, and I said, I said, Jimmy, I, I so want to do this. You, this is a dream job, and thank you for thinking of me. And I, and I explained to him my Netflix special comes out that, you know, that week, I mean, the day before. Um, let me talk to my publicist to get me out of all this stuff, so please give me some time to, to I'll get right back to you. And, and I, I said, please, just give, give me a couple days before you call Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave you the, he he said, gave okay. you the time. He said, okay, and he said, okay, yeah. How much, how much time between your saying yes and the actual live, the live show? How much time did you have? Maybe, I'm gonna say like three weeks, or a month, it was like a month or three, three weeks. I can't, it all just kind of like flew by. Next thing you know, we're, you know, we're at the table read. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. 
And these were um, like real episodes. Um, they did All in the Family, and then they did The Jeffersons. Right. The same scripts from what, 40, 50, 40 years 40, ago? Over 40 years oh, ago. More than 40 years ago, um, which have such resonance mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. today. What was it, what was it like? Play, what? No, no, good. What was it like playing um, Louise Jefferson, a script from the 70s in 2019? Well, I, you know, I, I know these characters. We grew up watching these mm -hmm. characters. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, uh, family members used to tease them and, and call them George and Wheezy because <laughs> of the way they would, you know, bicker and go back and forth. It's like, oh, God, here come George and Wheezy, you know. <laughs> so I, 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 I knew this character, and um, and and it's the same to me. They they were still, you know, still relevant. They they uh, the the stuff that they talk about on those shows the same conversations that we still have today, you know, but just in, with different people. But um, that's, that's the, the beauty of a Norman Lear show. They, they hold up because they were having conversations that, that people were having in, you know, in their own homes. Mm -hmm. so. There is one particular scene that I rewound <clears throat> to watch several times because it was so powerful and that's when the doorbell the doorbell rings you open the door and, and it's and it's Florence like the original Florence yeah. Marla Gibbs is there in the door and they take an individual a single shot of Jamie Jamie Foxx who is doing this trying to hold to me it looked like he was trying to hold it in and then they do a single shot of you and you you're smiling but you could feel the emotion that i felt coming through the television was that the way it was on set were people trying to just hold it together absolutely because this icon just pokes her head absolutely absolutely and and it was also you know just just the the um Oh. oh, these are the questions. Okay, all right. Thank like, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to do some, you know, <laughs> some Avengers shit. I was like, oh. <laughs> she almost got a mug in her, she almost got a mug up to her skull. I'm serious. I, oh, I, ready. Ready. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but also, to me, it was the the the. Um, I'm, I'm on stage, right, and I'm opening the opening the door for for Marla Gibbs, and I just like, how many doors did she open for 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 me and for mm. every other black actress out here, especially comedic actresses, you know? So every time I open that door, I would just like. <sighs> yeah, it, I still, yeah. It's just, uh, and, and for to be, you know, that, that age, and she's still <laughs> funny, kicking. I mean, she walked in knowing all her lines, hitting all her marks, and, you know, and she wasn't, like, just hanging out in her dressing room. She was, like, on stage watching all of us and just, I mean, just so, so, so inspiring and, uh, and supportive and just, just an amazing woman, yeah. I, I want to work with her again, We're working oh, on something. Oh, you are? Mm -hmm. I mean, you what can break it? some news. No, it's, I mean, we don't, I know. Yeah. Is it like NSA again? <laughs> I can't say yet. Okay, well, I mean, working with Marla Gibbs, she's 88, that was the other thing to come out of that, is that she's 88 years old. And just... Stunning. Yeah, here's another funny thing. Um, so Jimmy had a uh, a party at his house for for the cast. Had a cast party. Uh, this was maybe like the the day after we just started rehearsals, right? So I'm in you know both episodes, so I'm there all day, and uh, <laughs> and so we were wrapping up, and so in my dressing room packing up, and and Miss Gibbs comes by, and she goes. Oh, it's, 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 it's been, been a lot of fun. It's been fun, huh? I was like, yeah, it's been so, so much fun. She's like, so uh, what, 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 what are you doing this evening? What are you doing? I said, well, Ms. Gibbs, I have to go do, do promo because I, I still had to go shoot some, some promo for the show. I said, I have to go shoot my promos and all, and then I'm not sure. I wasn't even thinking about, you know. 
And she goes, okay, all right, okay. And then she leaves. So then later on that night, I get to the party. I'm like, hey, everybody, yeah, cool, cool. And I look, and there's, there's Miss Gibbs sitting on the sofa. You know, she's watching the basketball game, watching the playoffs. And I walked in, I thought about it, I was like, Miss Gibbs, did you, did you Hollywood me today? And she was like, what? She was like, you didn't think I was invited, did you? Oh. <laughs> she started laughing, and both of us just started laughing. She's like, you never know, you never know. You never know. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, um, before I ask the question that made me burst out laughing as you were talking about the, the, the tender moment with um, Marla Gibbs, there is a question here from Natalie. Okay. Who are some of your favorite comedians, alive and or dead? And she, she wants it to be known, you are one of mine. Oh, thank you, Natalie. Uh, like I oh, said, well, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, I mentioned uh, Jackie Mama's Mabley, um, Dick Gregory, uh, loved watching Joan Rivers on uh, The Tonight Show. Yeah, I would stay oh. up and watch her. Um, of course, you know, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. Um, oof, 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 oof. I'm, I know I'm forgetting some people. Um, and, like, comics today, you know, uh, let me see, uh, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Dave Attell, um, Keith Robinson, uh, <laughs> Whoopi, um, Everybody. Yeah, I love this. So, and there's a lot of young comics that I could name, and you wouldn't know who they are. So, yeah. Okay. Um, we've talked about Lucas. Yes. Um, you haven't said anything about Olivia, his twin. Any anything Olivia. funny, funny things from your daughter? You know, my my kids, they're awesome. They really are. They're they're, they're sweet kids. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're kind. So far, we're doing a, we're doing a good job and uh, just hope uh, they don't, you know, turn bad. <laughs> <laughs> just hope they don't turn bad, yeah. And, and your wife, Alex? She's amazing, yeah. And, and she likes when I talk about her, you know, like I'll come home and she's like, so how did my jokes do tonight? <laughs> You killed, baby. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> is, she, is she anywhere near the business of Hollywood or, or comedy, or is she completely removed from it? Completely removed from it. Yeah. Complete, but, but, oh, she loves a red carpet, though. <laughs> she will show up for a red carpet. I've seen the pictures. Y'all yeah. glam. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she dolls up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so here's the question that made me laugh because it's another another. I don't want to call it member of the family, but here's the question from Jennifer Ray. How is Esther handling your busy schedule? <laughs> <laughs> Esther is out of control. <laughs> Esther is out of control. Esther made me have spaghetti last night. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, you know, you hit your 40s, you, you know, I, I got this fat roll, and, uh, you know, I tried doing crunches, and, I, you know, I tried everything, and it just didn't go anywhere, so I just named it as Esther, Esther Roll. <laughs> Is yeah. it really Esther Roll? It's Esther Roll. <laughs> <laughs> I named her Esther. Esther Roll. <laughs> Fat Roll. I named her Esther. Esther, Esther Roll. Esther loves bread, alcohol, cheesecake. That's it. Last night, you know, because we, you know, I had a long day of press yesterday, so we get back to the hotel, and I'm looking. I was like, I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a, a I'm gonna get a piece of fish. <laughs> and they had hen of the woods mushrooms. I said they'll be good, and and some and some broccoli rob. That'd be a wonderful, wonderful meal. That's what I want to have. And as soon as the waiter said, may I help you? I want the spaghetti. <laughs> mm. 
say, that's not what we want. Come on, this got crab. That's like fish. <laughs> I have the spaghetti. Uh, now, you've been talking about Esther. She's so, the worst. She's awful. So after I watched um, um, Not Normal, I went back and watched I'ma Be Me for, I think, for me, probably the sixth time. Wow. Um, because it, it's so, so good. And that was just after President Obama had been elected mm -hmm. president, and you were going, riffing on President Obama and Mrs. Obama, and then you introduced us to Esther. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, so it's been 10 years of, of Esther. Has, how, how has Esther changed or, or matured in, the, in between I'ma be me and not normal? Uh, she, she's much more vocal. <laughs> and, and she's gotten stronger. She Wait, really, and, how, how stronger? Well, like I said, I wanted a piece of fish last night. <laughs> and as she's very persuasive. She's like, fuck that fish. Yeah. <laughs> And she lets me know, you're not gonna be happy. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and she just and she just builds all this confidence up. up. You know, it's, it's her confidence, but she's so confident, it just takes over my decision-making when it comes to food, you know? Like, I, like I'm trying to eat sensible, and, and, and she's like, you know, she's like, girl, that French woman ain't going nowhere. Come on, <laughs> let's live a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say you 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 talk about in not normal how how your wife you caught her eyeballing, eyeballing Esther, yeah, and giving a making a little face. Like, oof, yeah. She she's not happy with Esther. She's yeah. She 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 she'll tell me, baby, you have to stop listening to Esther, or yeah, or I'll I'll go I'll go. We should get a piece. And she's like, that's Esther talking. That's Esther. <laughs> and what does Esther say about Alex? Uh, she, Esther does not care for her at all. <laughs> she does not like her at all. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, just you wait. She, she's gonna have a little Estelle one day. <laughs> wait, so is there, how, how much is there, is there an age difference? Ten, ten years. Ten. Okay, there's a, well, let's see, right now, it's a 14-year age gap between me and my husband. Okay. No, 13. Then my okay. birthday comes, and then it's 14. Okay. Um, any... Older? No. Oh, no, I, oh, I'm, we're about the same age. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> do, does that come up? Has that been an issue, the, the age difference? No. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't. Um... Only, but see, and even that, it, 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 doesn't, it, um, it doesn't come up because music that, that I, you know, that I grew up listening to is different than the music that she grew, grew up listening to only because, like, she knows all this French music, mm -hmm. right? So if I play a song, she was like, oh, who is that, you know? And it, it really is like a, a new song to her. And if she plays something, it's like, I, I, you know, I'm like, who, what the hell is that awful music you're playing? <laughs> <laughs> Your house, too. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, here's a question from um, um, Amanda. What do you think is comedy's role, or what role can comedians play in getting out the vote and unseating Trump in 2020? Well, uh, you know, comedians, I mean, it all depends on the type of comic, you know, uh, 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 that, that you are. I mean, I, I like talking about, you know, social issues and things that are important to me. But, but there, you know, I'm okay with comics who, who just like to talk about their families or they're just absurdist. I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I think, you know, it's our jobs to, to you know, speak um, truth to power. And I think the more we point out, um, you know, hypocrisy, 
and injustice, um, that it helps, that it, it, it helps us as, a, as a, a pool of voters, it helps us as a society, and hopefully it, it, I want to spark conversation. I, I want people to, you know, when they, they walk out of a show to go, you know, that's funny, but you know, she kind of made a point about this topic, and, and what, how do you feel about that? And to actually start, you know, start some conversation. So it's yeah. not just, it's not just And also just give just. you some hope, yeah. Mm. You mentioned hypocrisy, which took me immediately to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, mm -hmm. um, and what happened with Michelle um, Michelle Wolf, who was the last comedian uh, two years ago. Right. You did the White House Correspondents' Dinner in two thousand nine. It was the first. It was the first one for President Obama. Right. And you got into a little bit of trouble for, for that, and I rewatched it. So he got in trouble, because he laughed <laughs> at a joke I did, yeah. Oh, wait, did, he laughed at the, the Rush Limbaugh right. joke, which, you know, all these years later I watched and I thought, ooh, that was, that was edgy, but, but it was funny. Mm -hmm. um, the intense reaction that you got then, and the intense reaction that Michelle Wolf got in 2019, in 2018, because it was just last year. Um, do you think that the White House Correspondents Association should continue to not have a comedian do the dinner? Because that's one of the most thankless jobs there is. It's State of the Union response, Oscar host, and White House Correspondents comedian. Absolutely. <laughs> You're right, right. Um, I don't know, but the, the, the fun of that, of that gig was that the president is there, you know? That's the fun part of it, that you, you're, you get to ridicule the most powerful person in, in the country, you know? And, that, and what says freedom of speech more than that, right? So, yeah. So when you... Like when you take that away, it just like just just kind of undermines mm -hmm. journalism, I think, and 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 what you know, and, and why you're there, and um, and it, yeah, it, it, to, to me, it's like if you don't, if you're not gonna have a comic, then uh, why just you know, just have a big donation thing and take care of your scholarships, funds, and all that. But yeah, but it's it's it really is it's why. Why? What was your did you, what was your reaction to Michelle Wolf's great. Wolf's routine? Uh, I was in the hall that that night for that routine. It was loud. Mm -hmm. Her her jokes were way over edgy, and I thought she was I thought she was brilliant. But the scuttle at the big brunch the next day was oh my god oh my god oh it was. Was it, was it disrespectful? And do you think the reaction to her routine um, was an overreaction? Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't think she would have gotten that res that response if uh, you know if she were a man. There's, there's no way. I mean, the, I'm telling you, the 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 when I t when I tour, right? I'm touring, and. Uh, and, and even like the Trump jokes and the things that I do, I see people get mad and walk out. How dare you talk about the president like that? How, who, who do you think you are talking about the president like that? And they go home and watch Stephen Colbert. You know, so it's like white guys are, yeah, you can, you can joke and we get it. You know, it's like, wink, wink, okay, we'll tolerate that. But how, tolerate that. But how dare a woman go after the president? And a black woman, you know? That, that it, people get, they just get more incensed by it. Well, talk about being a comedian, a, a, a woman comedian, and a black woman comedian. Has it changed? Has it gotten better for you in the business since you, since you got in? Or are there still hurdles and obstacles that you have to, that even Wanda Sykes has to, has to face? In 2019. Well, it's gotten better because we have we have more outlets. You know, there there are more buyers now, so that's just made it. You know, that that's made it better. Um, but the you know the 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 pay inequality still exists. Um, but I will say overall, yes, it, it has gotten better. Can I ask you about 
You've asked me too much. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me ask you about Roseanne. Okay. And what happened, and what happened with Roseanne. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised or shocked by the, the tweet, the tweets, but initial tweet that ended up doing her in? Um, I knew Twitter was a bad thing for her. <laughs> I knew that. that. That was from working with her on Last Comic Standing. Because um, she was a, my company, Pusher Productions, uh, my business partner, uh, Paige Hurwitz and I, we have a company, and we did Last Comic Stand, and we brought that back, and, and Roseanne, we went after her to be a judge and had a lovely dinner with her, and she was so, you know, like, yeah, I want to I wanna work with you ladies. This is so cool. You have this company, and, and yeah, let's bring on, uh, you know, people of color. Let's, let's open this up, you know, bring in more women on the show, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, yeah, all right, Roseanne, I knew you were cool. I like this. All right, good. And then... As the show, you know, went along, I was like, one night looking at Twitter, I was like, I don't understand any of this. What she's, it's all like conspiracy theories, and she's retweeting like weird stuff. I started like Paige, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get her off of Twitter. And you know, had a conversation with her daughter or whatever, and um, thought thought we kind of took care of that. So, cut to you know years ahead, and and Bruce Helford who. Um, was a showrunner for my first sitcom, Wanda at Large. He's like, hey, bring Roseanne back. We'd love to have you in to consult. Absolutely, you know. And things were going great. And, and, and I kind of said to him, I said, is, is she still on Twitter? <laughs> you might, you might want to. <laughs> I, I and he said, yeah, we, we talked to her. We, I was like, okay. Just going along, this, you know, the ratings through the roof, all good. We're coming back for the second season, and I was emailing Bruce um, that morning to let him know, oh, you know, I know the writers start this week, but I'm not going to be there for the next two weeks because I'm doing this show over Comedy Central, the other two, you know, so, boom. And I pick up my phone, and it's just like my text messages was like, what the hell, blah, 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 that blah, 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 you know, everything. <laughs> And I looked at it, and I opened it up, and I saw the tweet, and I was like, oh, damn. And I showed it to my wife, and I was like, I can't go back, huh? And she was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I can't go back. I can't. I said, I can't do this. So I um, emailed Bruce, and I emailed Tom, uh, Tom Warner, and, uh, and I know they were, they were just in it. So I know they couldn't get back to me, but I, I was just thinking, Right now, I'm associated with the show, and I do not want to be associated with this show. So that's when I just I just sent the tweets, and you know I will not be returning to uh, to mm -hmm. Roseanne. Yeah. So Push It Productions, that's your production company. Yes. You and we did my special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did the special. How many other projects do you do you have cooking? In addition to the one with Marla Gibbs that you won't tell me about. Quite a, quite a few. Yeah, I have another all script. Co all comedy? Day. Yes, all comedy. Okay. Now, actually, we have a documentary that we're, that we're working on, too. Um, but it's about, it's about comedy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but it's in a, just in a documentary. So yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of projects going on <laughs> right now. We're very busy. So with Not Normal, for those who haven't, who the, for those who haven't seen it, what do you hope they take away from it? I hope they take away from it that I uh, that I love my country and I want us to get back to normal, back to who we are. Remember what we stand for, and let's you know let's act, let's do something. Yeah. Last question. Much yeah. to your relief. What, yes, yes ma'am. So you you haven't seen. The other special, What Happened Miss Sykes? No. See, no one, that's, see. Wait, where, wait, who else has seen that? Ooh, where is it? Well, I did it on Epics, so that's probably the problem. Oh. <laughs> but it's now streaming on, uh, I think, Hulu and Amazon. What happened? What happened, Miss Sykes? What happened, Miss Sykes? Yeah. What? 
on my list. You said Hulu. Amazon. Amazon. Epics is probably Epics. still streaming on Epics. Okay. And that's with an X. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the one in between. It, it's a nice bridge to from from I'm gonna be me to not normal. Oh. What happened okay. to Sykes? It's a nice bridge. I feel, I feel bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm you, sorry, Miss Sykes. You'll find out how you'll find out how Esther, you know. Oh, the the, the interregnum. Oh, yeah, okay. I, All right. Seriously, la the last question is: What gives you hope? What gives me hope? Um, the, the, the kids, the kids, especially um, like the Parkland kids, they give me hope. The, uh, the, the, the little, the, the, the young lady, uh, what is her name? Uh, Emma. Uh, well, Emma Gonzalez, yes, but also, I mean, as far as like the gun control, mm -hmm. the Parkland kids, they give me, they give me hope. Um, the, the young lady, uh, Greta is her name. She she's going all around the world talking about climate, climate change. change. Uh -huh. Yes, they. I mean, yes, they give me hope. Wanda Sykes and I didn't even ask you about Pootie Tang, but Wanda Sykes, <laughs> your special, not normal on Netflix. Thank you very very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 92i Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92iondemand.org.